We are New Song, a four-square church in beautiful Colorado Springs. We love Jesus. We love each other. We are family. If you have any questions or prayer requests, you can always visit us simply by going to newsongcs.com. Thanks for joining us as Pastor Stephen Hibden shares an encouraging word of God's love. Not talking about the way the Rockies play, but what rocks play in our um, in the Bible. Rocks are are the imagery of stones is, is so important. You've heard God called the solid rock, the foundation, the cornerstone, the rock of ages, all reminding us that God's work in our life or in God's hand is permanent. What he does stays. It doesn't move. It doesn't change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever like a stone. Um, I also want to submit a thought, and this is kind of gets a little deep, but I'll explain it, um, that his plans are firmly established when we're yielded, but we must build our lives on the rock to etch in stone what he's promised. It doesn't just happen. What does that mean? It doesn't just happen in our lives. Sure, there's grace. Sure, there's mercy. And sure, God gives us what we don't deserve. But we must build our lives on the rock. And the series is entitled The Power of Remembering. Today's last message I want to call etched in stone. And Lord, right now, I just ask that you just put a special touch, not that it already doesn't have the Holy Spirit on it, but that my words specifically that I use from, from the word of God would have an extra special touch, that they would um, speak to hearts that um, aren't open, that aren't interested, that, that you would um, get our attention, how sometimes I need you to get my attention. When I go into church, I'm not always ready to hear. I pray that you would help us all to be ready to hear. I thank you that you have assembled um, somewhat, I think, of a dream team in this church of, of, of a family who loves you and loves each other. And I know that you want to do great things through us. And I pray that, um, that we would never come to your, to your word without expecting your Holy Spirit to speak something to us. And I pray that you would speak, even if it's something different to every person, that whatever they need today, that they would hear in Jesus' name, and that you would etch in stone things that you've already done in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I grew up um, in a pastor's home, and we went to summer camp, to Bible camp every year. Went to a place called Camp Palm de Terre. And, um, and there's lots of rocks at Camp Palm de Terre and, and lots of animals, and it's in the Ozarks. And uh, my, my parents would um, have to pat us down when we leave because we'd go back to St. Louis, to the city, and we loved everything that you find in, at, at the camp. And I remember one time, they just could tell that we were uh, feeling um, guilty. I think they just saw the guilt on us. And we had had at one time six snakes in our, in our socks. It's like something you just sell and make, make up. But like we had like 50 of them. Like we just catch them everywhere. We had, we had at least 50 snakes in a box and we took six of them with us. And I remember he put some in his socks and I put them in my socks. And we weren't wearing them. They were in socks. They, and we tied it up. And um, she said, what are you doing? What are you bringing with you? And, um, and we couldn't help but admit, we have snakes. 
uh, she'd get rid of them, throw them out, and we we acted like we did, and we could not find them. And until still to this day, I don't know what happened to the snakes, but uh, we never even got them home. We never even got them out of our car. I don't know. But we also collected. Uh, we loved to collect arrowheads. Uh, my mom had told me, you know, there's. This is an ancient burial ground. You might find arrowheads. You might find fossils. I was thinking maybe dinosaur bones. And so one time I thought, we're going to go home, my brother and I. We're going to sell these dinosaur bones, these fossils, these, these, what do you call them, arrowheads to our friends. And it's going to be awesome and we're going to be rich. And um, I think my dad could tell the the station wagon was just like a little bit lugging a little bit and he stopped and he said what do you got in that back seat and we had filled the back seat you know how they go used to go like this and then like this and then like this we had filled it all the way across with like a big pile i mean like a pile that's how we'd say it missouri a pile of rocks it was full and it was probably not one arrowhead in the group and definitely not a dinosaur bone but we thought we had some stuff and he said you can't bring all this stuff home and um i just wanted to remember our good times i mean at camp i wanted to remember all the stuff that we we had found and um so i guess that's why we brought rocks in the bible it's always uses um, in the old testament rocks to remember things to help us to um to think about what God has done for us. They play a significant role. And in the power of remembering in scripture, and today I want to share a story from 1 Samuel about rocks where we laid a rock and it was important. I'm using the message version here. And it says this, while Samuel was offering the sacrifice, the Philistines came within range to fight Israel. He's, he's trying to worship God and there's people coming to fight him, all right? I'm so glad that we don't live in the Old Testament anymore. We wouldn't tell a story in our church about how someone attacked us while we were in the middle of our worship. But um, it says, just then God thundered. How appropriate that God would do that when they're worshiping. He's like, don't mess with my friends when they are worshiping me. God thundered a huge thunderclap exploding among the Philistines. They panicked mass confusion and ran helter-skelter from Israel. Israel poured out of Mizpah and gave chase, killing Philistines right and left. This is not today. This is a long time ago. To the point just beyond Beth Car. Samuel took a single rock right then and set it up between Mizpah and Shin. He named it. This is where it kind of gets weird and you start to daydream and you're like, Ebenezer, what is this? Is this about the, the, Ebene- the, uh, the Christmas carol or something? No, it's the Ebenezer simply means rock of help. He named it rock of help, saying, this, my people, my friends, my family, marks the place where God helped us. The Philistines learned their lesson that day. Let me tell you, I added the let me tell you. No more border crossings. God was hard on the Philistines. And all through Samuel's lifetime, the Philistines could not touch him. All the cities from Ekron to Gath and the Philistines had taken from Israel were completely restored. Israel also freed the surrounding country side from Philistine control and there was peace between Israel and the Amorites. Why do we tell this story? Because of this one moment 
It's known in history for centuries for what Samuel did. God loved it. Samuel took a single stone and he set it up and he named it Ebenezer. God is my help. If anyone questions how this happened, what you are doing, God, what Israelites, we're, it's not because of us. I am placing this stone so everyone knows God's helping us. And then it says that after that, God's hand was against his enemies. How many want God's hand? <laughs> well, don't raise your hand on that. But God, for the rest of Samuel's lifetime, he did not deal with the giants or the, the, the giant, the, I was going to say the jerkiness of the, of the, the Philistines. They were bullies and he didn't have to deal with them because he had set a stone to remember what God had done. Last week we were reminded that remembering the past leads to action in the present. But how many times do we fail to acknowledge what God has done for us in the past? Well, I do, but look back. Did you, did you set up some Ebenezer stones? Did you set up uh, some memories to, to, to symbolize what God has done in your past? We think God's activity happens with or without our involvement. This is what I want you to think about for a minute. Here's the problem that sometimes we have. The memories of God's mission in our lives sometimes need a makeover. What God has done in our lives we need to remember in a different way. Here's the problem. We often let the enemy, listen, cause us to entertain. Seems like a white lie. Seems like not a big deal. Not a big deal at all. But we cause him to, we entertain the idea that God's activity in our life happens regardless of our involvement in it. If he can't stop us from believing in God, the enemy, the world, our flesh. If we, if we, the enemy knows, I'm not going to get you to get your mind off God. Yes, you believe in God and yes, he's at work. Yes, I, can, I, I know that you're going to believe him. But if he can't get you from believing in God, he will kind of deceive you of what your role is in God's activity in your life. Think about that for a minute. To the best Christian in the room, this could be convicting. And it's true that sometimes we don't see what God can do through us because we haven't done anything to, to be a part of the activity God, God has set up. Let me tell you what this causes. If we don't worship, if we don't remember, our Philistine giants... Not God, not God. God won't rob us, but our Philistine giants might rob us of what God wants to do next in our lives. The bigger things God wants to do in our lives. The Bible says in Psalms, it says that um, God lives or God inhabits the praises of his people. 
God likes to be places where worship is happening. Now, God doesn't just show up like at church, like when we worship. He doesn't just like, um, oh, well, I'll go there. He's already living in the worship. It's actually that we are coming to him. We are getting in a position where that can happen. Um, try to follow this logic, all right? If, if you were to use this uh, in, in the area of giving in your life, so you, God's given you everything that you have, right? You're supposed to give back to him, right? So God asks you, just give me, give me what, you know, a tithe or what, give me an offering. And you say, yes, I need to set up a, a rock of, of, an Ebenezer rock, something to remember. I will give you, I will etch in stone what you have done by giving back to you because you give to me. And then when you get ready to, something happens and it causes you to um, forget to give, or it causes you to um, use your money another way because you, well, God, now I need this money for something else. And here's the thing, God usually says, yeah, all right, go ahead, use it. And then it comes up again and you're thinking, ah, oh, I'm gonna be a giver. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give, um, and it can be in anything, any area of your life I, I, just being a giving person but I can't be giving right now because look where I'm at and then and then you get ready to and then your blessing is stolen because of your self-centeredness or because not yours but others right that do this not us we don't do this but sometimes this happens that then you don't um, end up experiencing the blessing and then you go to God and you say God how come you're not blessing me uh, and God's like, I want to, I didn't, I didn't, it's, it's not me. I, you let the enemy rob you of, of the blessing. It may be financial or other because you failed to remember and be thankful. Same principle works in any part of life and your worship to God gets looked over. As soon as good times come, the bad times are gone and you, you're supposed to worship, but then you don't worship. Usually people that are, um, things are going well, they're not thinking about God because things are going well. And then they get bad again. And then you go, God, where, where are you? Where'd you go? I, I need you. I, I, I. And God says, I have not moved. It is you that has moved. Um, when bad times show up, we wonder where God is. And it's our lack of worship that positions us for defeat. Let me say that again. Our lack of worship positions us for defeat. We're worshiping. God is with us. We're worshiping. We start to start to do our thing. We start things start to go well. Gotcha, God. We start to do well, and then things start to do bad again. And we're like, "Uh oh, where'd you go?" And God's like, "Um, come club club closer." And I'm still here. I haven't left. You just walked away from me. And our position sets us up for defeat. It, we could tell our kids this, you know, guys, come on, right? But when it's us, uh, we, we, don't, we don't live that way. We, we, we think, must be God. It's, it's us. We, we just got out of alignment. And God says, just come back. Just come back. I got something. God doesn't steal away blessings. We let them be stolen by the enemy, the world, our flesh. And Jesus says, stay close to me and watch what I do. But the only way to stay close is to worship. And I call that being etched in stone with God. He worshiped with the stone. The only way to worship is to be etched in stone with God. And um, 
and instead, a lot of times, uh, like we talked about last week, you know, or was it last week? Or they went back to, they wanted to go back to Egypt. That's what we want to do. We want to go back to a, a, another life. And God says, just step out and watch what I do in your midst. Um, I, I have a, almost finished, I have a, I have a, um, response for us and I need I need some music up here and then we'll get through it and I want to say this your etching of your worship uh, leads to action your etched in stone worship leads to action you're remembering the power of remembering leads to God working worship silence the enemy when you are thankful the enemy hates it the enemy can't work when someone is thankful. He can't because your eyes have finally gotten off of yourself and onto where the focus needs to be. That is why the enemy loves to get us with insecurity. He loves to get us with pride. He loves to get us with depression and discouragement and things that are self centered. When he can get our minds and our lives and our thinking and our worship really on ourselves and not on him. When he can do that, he succeeded because he doesn't have to do any more attack in our life. We end up, God's here, we end up just walking away because we're thinking about ourselves, 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 and we positioned ourselves in a place where God can't do what he wants to do. It gets our eyes off ourselves. It helps us to focus on God. Yes, worship is more for us than it is for God. God doesn't like, oh man, oh man, if Tim doesn't worship me today, I don't know what I'll do. It's Sunday. Somebody in some church better just worship me because I need it. No, yes, it's great. God enjoys our worship, but who needs the worship? Who needs to um, give their, is, is it, does God need your life? Does God need your worship? It's more us. We need to worship to switch our focus where it needs to be on our creator who's going to take care of us. Who needs to give? God doesn't need our money. He can do it without us. But when we, when we give to him, he loves to bless us. My kids um, don't get, like, I'll, I'll tell them, if you, if you want me to... Um, to, if you want me to take you to Rizzuto's, <laughs> then you got to do what you got to do. My son uh, was, spo was supposed to go to um, the Little League uh, World Series uh, games in California. He goes every year. And we've been telling him he's going to go, he's going to go. And um, he, is he in here? He's, oh, yeah, I, I think he is. Oh, good, he's not. He's, up, he's upstairs. Um, but... Um, it's kind of been just quiet about it because he knows he's not going because it starts like this week. It's coming on TV. We love watching it and he'll watch it on TV. But he's not been um, following through with some of the things he has to do. And it's the hardest thing in the world for me to say, you, you can't go. And then his, his uncle and his cousins, they're like texting, we'll pay for his ticket to get out here. Just let him get out here. And the thing is, he can't, I mean, he's already got his phone taken away right now. And the last thing I need to do is be re rewarding him for I'm over here telling him the way it is. And he's walking this way and wanting victory <laughs> in his life. And I'm like, get back over here. 
read your book that you were supposed to read for school or else you're going to start school with an F. All you have to do is read the book. It's so easy. We read three books this week and you haven't read like, yeah. I get, I'm getting a little passionate here, but I, would ju I just want him to succeed in it, but he didn't, and so he couldn't go. And um, I think that's kind of Father God to us, that just, just, be, just be close to me and watch what I want to do. Watch how I want to bless you. Remember, worship, be a part of me. Now that's where it breaks down. I don't want, I don't say to Riley, worship me, Riley, right? I say, do what you're supposed to do. But um, we need to etch some things in stone in, in our worship. And I'm going to give you uh, some suggestions of things you can do even this week, maybe even right now. And maybe it was something that God did a long time ago, or maybe he's just starting the work in your life right now. And you need to, you need to acknowledge, I am setting up a stone. God took our Samuel took a stone and set it right upright. And he said, this is the place that marks where you started helping me. Maybe you need to set that up. Maybe you need to say to God, right here, right now, I acknowledge that you are at work in my life. This, this uh, couple, coming couple of weeks from now, we're going to the park, having church in the park. And um, during that day, we are going to have, take some time and we're going to let people um, come, come to the front or say from their chairs um, what God has done that they need to etch in stone. This is what God has done lately in my life. This is what God did and this is what I need to be thankful for. De I declare before all of you, my son was here and now he's here. My marriage was here and now it's here. My walk with Jesus was not where it needs to be. And now I declare before you, that's where it is. Be ready to share your stories. I know there's some that already want to give their testimonies of that. Um, another way we etch in stone what God has done for us is what we just did today. We remember communion. This is a sacrament of the church. Some churches do it every week. We do it the first of every month. This is a way to say, I'm making a declaration right now. Thank you. I acknowledge you died on the cross for my sins. You gave me forgiveness. Another way to etch in stone what God is doing is to acknowledge that and, and actually accept or receive the gift of salvation. Maybe you're here today. I'll give you a chance in a second. If you don't know Jesus, if you're apart from him, if you've walked away from him and you need to come back to him, this is the perfect place to say right here, right now, I set up the stone to remember. Maybe you are a kind of person that likes to write things down. You like to journal. Journaling is a great way every day or every month or once a week or once a year just write down this is what you did in our family this year this week this is what you did in my life this some of you would say never will i ever journal i think that would uh cynthia doesn't like to write do the journaling thing and i'll do the journaling thing she'll be like what are you writing what is all the stuff you're writing maybe maybe that wouldn't be you it's a different way maybe you need to make sure that every week every day you say a prayer of thanks. Oh, that's an idea to do, huh? To say thank you to God. 
Maybe uh, for you it's giving. Maybe you need to actually, actually give, serve, serve at church. Maybe give of your time, give of your finances. Maybe you've never tried to, to uh, test God. Uh, the only area it says that we can test him is in our giving. Maybe you'll see him, him bless you. Would you just bow your heads with me today? We just take a moment right now and we just listen to you. We listen to your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence in this place. And no one's looking at you right now, but I, I think the Lord would want you to know that he's, a, he's proud of you. And that uh, the obvious thing to do when you pray or the uh, thing that we usually default to is a frown in our prayers to God because, oh, we come back to you, God, and you know where. But I would suggest that maybe just for a minute, if it's just with your face, that you just put a smile on your face as you got your head bowed, as your eyes are closed. And it might even feel weird to smile while you're praying. But just smile knowing God loves you today. God would speak that to someone. God would speak that to someone today. He would say, I love you. I know that you haven't been perfect. I know you haven't done exactly what you know you should do. But you know what? I still love you. I have forgiveness for you. It's available. I have plans for you. There's so much more that I want to do through you. And God, right now, I'm just thankful that we are a body of uh, believers who, um, who want to be used by you. We're a body of believers who like to serve. We're a body of believers who like to uh, be giving to those around us. We're a body of believers who, who have joy and we pass it on to others. I'm so thankful that we know, even though we doubt sometimes, we know, listen, and maybe this is you saying it in faith to God right now, we know that your activity in our life doesn't just happen. If we're going to do bigger things for you, it doesn't just happen. It requires us to be a part of it, that we have a role to play in the activity in our lives, that we are involved. I thank you that every person here has a role to play, that as you do things, they don't just they don't just spring up. They happen because we thank you and they happen because we give you worship and they happen because we stay close to you so that we are in a position to have victory. If you're here in this place today and um, you've walked maybe a little, a few steps away from where you need to be with God and you're in a position that doesn't um, equal God uh, able to, being able to bless. You just feel like, I'm not even blessable right now where I've been. God wants to bring you back to that place, that place where um, you have confidence, you have courage, you have um, an open door to, uh, to receive his blessing. If you're here and that's you, just kind of put your hand, with everyone's eyes closed, just put your hand up and then you can just put it right back down and um, God will see that and I will see it and um, I won't point you out but I will but I will definitely pray as well anybody here that needs to do that today you've walked a little bit farther than you need to away from him and it's time to come back 
It's time to come home. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? It's time to come home to where, where he wants you. He wants you. There's someone else. If you're here, just raise your hand. Let it let God see it. Amen. Let God see it. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. All of us would say this. All of us with your eyes still closed, you would say, I could do better at my worship. I want the demons to be afraid when I walk into a room because I am a man or a woman of God who worships. I am a person, I am a family that is thankful. When you come into my house, you, that, that, this probably is your prayer. When you come into my house, wow, you just sense thankfulness. You sense gratitude. You sense peace because people are, are in connection with you. That be your prayer. You just kind of lift both hands and say, yes, that's what I want for my family. That's what I want for my marriage. That's what I want for my personal walk. Amen. Amen. Imagine what it would look like. Would you stand with me? Imagine what it would look like if we all realized that our worship propels God's activity in our life. If every one of us knew that, that God's, that God's activity happens because we worship Him. We worship Him. We're going to take one moment and then I'm going to have you be seated. This is going to be awkward for some of you. You don't have to do this, but we're going to close our eyes. We're going to lift our hands. And the Bible talks about lifting hands as a way of worship, as a way to show God who's in charge and who's not in charge. And right now, if you feel comfortable, just lift your hands before the Lord. And God, you see our hands raised in this place today. Let this be our stone of our Ebenezer that says, you are our God of help. You, maybe even, even if it's speaking in faith, that you are going to help us in our life, in, in our situation. You know our situations. You know what we need. And God, I declare afresh right now on a Sunday morning, God's day. You like to call this your day, or we like to call Sunday your day. Lord, we declare that you are in control and that you are our home.